Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Walker Neer and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and this week we're talking about a couple of hidden gem card battler roguelites, Solitarica and Monster Train. If you'd like to support Pick Up Your Sticks, you can always buy us a cup of coffee over at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi slash p-u-y-s-pod. So what's up, Brett? What's got you picking up your sticks this week? Hey, how's it going? I uh, I have picked up a number of games. I don't even know now because I have so many different launchers. I so many being like three. I don't whatever, but I don't know where everything is coming from anymore after I've had it for like unless I unless we record like the day after I got it or something. So I think I want to say it was on Epic. I want to say it was free, but it could have been an Xbox Pass thing too. I don't know. There was a bunch of games that were free during the like winter break area that that I just grabbed everything I could whenever I remembered. Mm. But uh, I picked up a, an interesting game that I don't know. It almost feels like it. Would, I don't know if it's a mobile port. I haven't even looked. Uh, it would be great on mobile though. It's called Solitarica, and it is a rogue light ish question mark. Um, it's I want to call it a card battler, but it's not like you get a pre-made deck and you don't really get to change the cards mm-hmm. and you battle your way through. I don't know a couple. I think there's like 18 or 20 levels to beat. And uh, but it's it's basically solitaire in a way that you could only do on a computer so two things a i've only ever played solitaire on a computer so that's already true for me (laughs) i actually used to play i used to play solitaire with cards oh nice it's hard to it's so much easier to cheat that way (laughs) right 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 and tedious who wants to handle the cards you know um (laughs) also i did look in it yeah it is it is on google play store oh okay Um, so it is i was gonna say it looks it looks like it's not that it was designed for mobile, but it looks like it would do well on mobile. So I'm going to be a little painful here, but that's because I actually haven't played Solitaire in legitimately maybe 20 years. Like, I right. don't know. But so Solitaire, you've got a stack for each suit. So four stacks. Yes. And you're yes. then trying to basically like chronologically fill in the stacks with the cards right and you have like a pyramid of cards and you have to remove one to flip the one above it um that's like spider solitaire okay Uh, but then there's like then there's like seven columns where you have uh like just lay all the card i don't remember there's like certain numbers of cards and you like it's like one card face up and then one face down for the rest and then the next one face up and then one face down on all the rest but the the goal is you have to flip one card to get to the one behind it right okay so so yeah so so in this though are i i guess so yeah i guess just explain what the game board looks like yeah i'm just kind of confused trying to understand no it's and it's kind of confused because it's some of the rules of solitaire but not all of them so like each round you are against a monster of some kind and the monster's health is basically the number of cards that are on the playing field so maybe they have four columns of four cards each is really low health monster and the fifth card on each of those columns is face up and then your turn is you flip you have a deck of cards and you flip one card over and then you have to match either up or down from that card whatever cards the monster has on the field. So if the monster has like seven, eight, nine king as the face-up cards and you get a six, then you can go seven, eight, nine, and those cards match down to your deck instead of matching up like traditional solitaire. And the next card in each of those three columns flips over and you kind of try to match as much as you can during your turn. When you end your turn, the monster gets to act. So it has a deck of cards and sometimes it can do an attack. Like you have an HP value and you have the four suits uh, instead of being like the traditional suits are defense, attack, uh, 
like mat, like willpower and agility. And so whenever you match a card of that type, you gain a point of that resource. Like so those are each re the suits are now resources. So if the 789 is like defense, willpower, agility and you match all three of those, you get one at each of those points. And you get one point for whatever card you flip over from your deck, you automatically get one of that resource. Okay. And so the monster can take its turn, and you have like, you can have an armor value and a health value. And basically, you lose if your health value drops to zero. So whenever you flip over a card and the monster takes a turn, maybe it attacks you for two damage. And so you lose two health. Uh, but you also have, I think, up to like six, I wanna say magic abilities that you can use and each you can you select a character at the start of the game and each character has a different deck like and that's basically how many defense cards or agility cards or willpower like basically you usually get like one to two suits in your deck so those will always be one of those two suits to charge your abilities and then each different class like the monk is all defense and agility in their deck and a lot of their spells are defensive and agility spells, which can be like splitting the largest column of the enemy's board into two equal columns. So you can that flips over more cards for you and makes it easier to match, like get longer chains. It can also be like a lot of attack cards are like destroy one card on the field. So if there's a card like that you can't match, you can destroy it, you still get the resource for it, and then maybe the card behind it you can match. So the goal is to like extend your turn as long as possible. So it's so it's combining kind of, you know, what people would expect to find in Magic or Hearthstone in so much as the aesthetic and the language being like RPG-based because it's not hearts and diamonds, it's right. magic defense, but it's still using traditional playing card face values like, yeah so it's jack queen king huh. ace two one like two through that's know, interesting ace. yeah and and it's it's got so much depth to it so like some coins so there's a fifth suit which is coins which can be either one or three coins and they have a face value on them that's all the normal face values but when you match it you get the coins for it and then if you beat a monster after the battle you kind of go to a town where you can buy items and spells and change out, swap out what you have. So like you can have four equipment slots and after each map, you go to the shop and maybe there's an equipment that's start the game with two armor, which is just another HP pool, but some things can bypass armor and et cetera, just like in a, in a traditional kind of card battling game. And so maybe you start the game with two armor or start the game with two defense mana or energy already in your pool. So you can maybe do a stun on the enemy that makes them not play a card this turn. So you basically get like a free turn or whatever. So you have all of those mechanics where outside of battle, maybe you're replacing your one damage spell that costs two mana for a spell that destroys one card in a column and then destroys one card on either side of that column right for like five mana or something so you could buy that spell and swap it out or add it to your list because i think you start with four and can have six so you can you for the first couple rounds you're buying stuff but then later on the more rare spells can pop up and you have to figure out do i want to swap them out do i even need an attack resource because my deck doesn't have a lot of that so you rely on getting attack resource from the battlefield or there's just a lot of ways to kind of build your character to try to get through the harder and harder rounds. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, so it sounds, uh, yeah, it sounds like it's <laughs> a, a remarkably, um, like you said, kind of deep game, which I, I'm just kind of surprised because I just didn't expect there to be, <laughs> A new spin on solitaire that's right. Well, interesting in the slightest. <laughs> and, there's still, and there's a lot of things that enemies can do that mm -hmm. that change. So, like the earlier enemies, of course, they can attack you. Then there's some attacks that have like a countdown timer. So they play an attack that deals like six damage, but it's got a two turn countdown timer. 
So you've got two turns before that attack fires off. Mm. But then they have things like they'll make a thorns card. So they'll turn all defense cards on the battlefield into thorns, which whenever you match that card, it deals one damage to you. And so you've got to either destroy that card instead of matching it with like an attack spell, or you can cleanse the card to remove conditions from it so it doesn't deal the damage to you. Or you could just take the damage and and hope to get a good chain or something through it. There's other cards that'll like uh, randomizes, like Jinx is a card. So it randomizes whatever that card is every turn, which makes it a lot harder to set up a chain if you're trying to do something specific because the card's face value is random every turn. Mm. Then there's ones that'll like turn it into a bomb. So it doesn't matter what the card's value was. The card's value is now three and Mm. the card's value will decrease by one every turn. And if it blows up, it deals like two damage to you or something. So a lot of things that you couldn't do with physical cards because you would have to replace the values of those cards or whatever and or cards that are like uh, regeneration, whatever the value was on the card, it now becomes a regeneration card for the for the enemy and it'll add one card to the stack and reduce the time like whatever the value of that card was by one. So if the enemy puts a regeneration on like a two it'll regenerate down to ace and then it'll regenerate once more after that. And then the regeneration is gone and they get two more cards back in that stack. But if they regenerate on like a nine, you've got to try to match that card, but the number is going to go down one every turn. So I don't know. I I did not think it was going to be that fun and I've had a blast and each of the classes, there's like eight or 10 classes and there's a resource that you earn kind of, every run that you go through, you get like prismatic shards or whatever. And that's where I thought it was going to be super mobile because I thought there was going to be microtransactions. Right. Because you use those to unlock more classes. And then every class gets like two super abilities that you have to buy that are like every ace that comes up in your deck will uh, regen you two hearts or every king will stun the opponent automatically or whatever. And there's there's like two super cards for every deck that you have to unlock by by playing through it. And each class, you can unlock a bigger equipment slot. So I think you can get that up to like six equipment slots or whatever. Lots of little details for what is essentially, it's not a very complex game. Like getting the basics of the game down is pretty easy. And then it's really just dealing, understanding what monsters can do to you and knowing like should i should i swap out my spells to capitalize on stun locking this monster cuz everything they do is or do i need more attack spells because they spike a lot of cards or something so what is the aesthetic of it like i mean is it are you just seeing playing cards with just some slightly different art is there animation to it like what there's does it look some, like there's some mild animation uh it's kind of a good cartoony cel shaded art style i would say it's a lot like a like a munchkin kind of art style to it where for those that have played the card game of munchkin but D slash fantasy tropes but with some humor injected into it mm. not like full tilt everything is a pun but most of the monsters are some kind of punny name and look a little goofy there's uh, you know, minor sound effects and and animations for the monsters attacking you. So, it, you know, the axe card may come up and then it just shoots damage at your health. It doesn't like not a lot of animation. There is some, though, and the graphics are all pretty nice, like especially the card animations are where most of the aesthetic is like there's a monster that is like a bearded magician and he'll grow beards on cards. And so they'll get a fluffy beard at the bottom of the card. And that'll absorb a damage unless you match that card. So like mm. it's harder to damage the actual opponent. And so there's cute things like the 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 jinxed card that randomizes like glows rainbows. The regeneration is like a gross, like hairy heart kind of looking thing. So like all the cards will change in a lot of different ways. But like actual battle animations and whatnot, pretty minimal. A lot I would say a similar to feeling to like a hearthstone. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think, um, I really think that rogue. I mean, and we 
in the coming weeks, we'll be talking more and more about roguelites as that genre has just come to dominate games. Like as much as a decade ago, RPG mechanics found their their way into every other genre of video yeah, game. Every first person shooter had an RPG. Yeah. Element. Whereas to the point that if you found someone that didn't play shooters until post Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the, the original for right. Call of Duty 4, like if someone got into shooters after that, they probably might not even understand that like playing the game and unlocking new guns is not <laughs> how <laughs> yeah. it was done. It is now for nearly 15 years. So, you know, OK, Boomer uh, on my part, it's a you know, it's an old way. But I mean, yeah, it didn't used to be like that at all. And now it's so common that, again, it would be it would be like, what? You don't unlock stuff as you play? Like, what? what is well, that? I'm like, what do you mean? The guns are all on the map. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? I don't prestige my and gun. spinning in a circle, right? Uh-huh. Like, um, yeah, or. But anyway, and so and I feel like that's where roguelite is now, because it is, you know, it came out as a reference to that weird game rogue that no one that I know yeah. has ever seen or played. We all <laughs> refer right. to it. It's kind of like how people talk about like zerging stuff and they've never played Starcraft, right? Like it's one of those right. terms that's now exceeded <laughs> from when now it is outside of the game that. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is in so many places now and and you know i discovered it uh a, a couple months ago we talked about i, I was really excited by slay the spire mm -hmm. and you were playing and now i now the name of it eludes me steam world oh quest. the quest yeah the hand of gilgamesh there yeah. we go um and that's not a roguelike but I, I i just i feel like the card battler space is just such an awesome place for the roguelike because mm -hmm. it immediately destroys a lot of the problems that i have with them which is the need to build some immense collection that i have to pay for right because it's changing game over game and the the necessity to to learn some meta that's that's not intuitive and is just a math problem right, right? and like you you yep. get out of all that i mean yeah, you're doing little math problems and trying to optimize each run, but to some extent, you're kind of at the mercy of the RNG. So you you're right. kind of set free of caring about a lot of that because you can't. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just I think it's really really great. So, but I am curious, and I mean we hadn't talked about this at all, so this is kind of maybe a bizarre question, but how do you think your play experience with this compares with your play experience with Hand of Gilgamesh? totally different game yeah but in, in a sense a card battler strategy tactics kind of headspace i mean don't get me and, wrong i think that there's a lot of i think that solitarica is an amazing start and i don't know so i haven't fully gotten to the last quote-unquote boss or whatever in a run i've gotten within like two to three of the like 18 or 20 so i've gotten through like 15 or whatever and it uh but i feel like just from seeing what there is available in the options menus and how the game is kind of set up that it there's so much more that this game could do and could be like it's it's not super simple it's not super complex either and i feel like being able to modify my deck uh would be super huge and and fun not just i guess you know cuz it's it's all you know, two through king or whatever. And I am, I'm not even sure exactly how, because like if your cards run out, the deck reshuffles and flips over. But I'm not sure if it reshuffles with the cards that you're getting from the opponent as you beat them. Like it doesn't, I don't get like attack cards back just because I matched a seven that was an attack card. I haven't seen that. But I don't know if I'm getting those numbers in my deck or if my deck has set not, like I'm not exactly sure. I haven't taken the time to like, click through and try to see what every card is and like write it all down or anything but i just feel like having a little bit more control about how you start whether outside of just picking your class but maybe customizing your spells or adding more unlocks adding more equipment stuff i don't i don't know and then and more to the campaign because it looks like 
and I again, I'm not I don't know, but it looks like once you beat the boss, it's just beat the boss on like new game plus kind of thing. Um, so I'm not sure how much depth there is in that. But Hannah Gilgamec, I really enjoyed because there was a story and like the story's not huge, but there was a really good variety of enemies and a zone would have the same kinds of enemy types. So you could kind of gear your deck for the zone and the the bigger meta was collecting more of those cards. And it, there weren't so many cards that it was difficult to keep up with. So there wasn't a massive meta. And there's there's no online component, so there's no meta there. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like... I think Solitarica, and maybe even roguelikes in general, are really fitting to blow up in the mobile space. Because Solitarica is a game that I can play for a couple of minutes, up to maybe 20. But if I either lose a run or just have something else going on, it doesn't keep my engagement for a really long period of time, but I constantly want to come back to it, especially if I have five or ten minutes and just don't know what I want to do. Yeah. So I feel like it that's where mobile games really excel. So I feel like and rogue games, roguelike or road light or however you want to categorize them in general, all have a space where they could fit in mobile really well. Like I could see Slay the Spire working on mobile and it's the same exact game, right? Um, yeah, I think so. I think that, um, yeah, 100% it could be. I would say that what I've found interesting, though, is that I actually have really enjoyed roguelites where it's not a five or 10 minute experience, where it's maybe 30 minutes to an hour for a run, which is closer to like Slay the Spire. Um, right. So I, 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 this is not a but, this is an and. What you said is true. And I think, though, that it's also viable in the more traditional, just PC gaming space. And I mm -hmm. said it just because I found that for myself. Which is surprising because I, I, as I've said over and over, I will continue to talk about this phenomenon until I no longer find it <laughs> phenomenal. Just so we're clear. Um, well, because you were so against it for so long. Well, I mean, not just against, but just yeah, it just didn't appeal to me at all. It was just like I just don't, I just don't, I don't find enjoyment. And and the truth is, is and now anyone else who likes this genre will immediately curse me for saying this, but like <laughs> I went back and tried FTL again here in the last month or two right and it didn't hook me immediately hmm. right so it's not that like now my eyes have been opened and everything that i previously didn't fall in love with i now am in love with right it's more just that i can i can now understand that like well that experience maybe wasn't what i wanted but it's not because the mechanics of that are are, are not something i could enjoy right um but anyway so uh, well, I guess I have a, a, th a game that I wanted to talk about that kind of relates to this, but uh, did you have any more thoughts that you wanted no, to share? I mean, it's, really it's a really good game. I would 100%, I would not have bought it if it wasn't for free because it's generally, like, it just didn't look like what I would want to play. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a failure in advertising or if it, I just think it's a really difficult game to categorize and probably to advertise as like, no, Solitaire, but Hearthstone. And, right. and and super fun and super like that's really hard sell and and roguelike roguelike solitaire hearthstone it probably just hard to sell but i would now knowing what i know or if somebody like if you would have been like hey go get this game i would definitely pay for it like i've gotten i don't want to say that i know how many hours i have in it uh because they're smaller shorter you know, runs because it saves after each monster. Like when you go to the store, you save. So sometimes I just beat a monster or two and go. And sometimes I've done full 30, 40 minute runs where I'm trying as hard as I can. But yeah, I would totally pay easily if 15 bucks or less. Yeah, I'm I'm sold. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so the game I was going to bring up is not. I, I mean, I guess it's a, a card battler. Um, it looks it's it's more in line with slay the spire as far as its aesthetic i guess but okay. anyway it's a game called monster train um choo choo yeah so so, <laughs> so crabtree who is a friend of mine that we've had on this show before um also a pretty avid gamer he had been playing it and i, I had talked to him about slay the spire and he had tried that and he was like yeah i've really been playing this monster train and i was like 
what is what is monster train like the name is not appealing to me first of all <laughs> right monster hunter but on a train or a train of monsters i or, don't know i thought so when i heard it i was like oh you're training monsters to oh like, oh monster like monster trainer but but you're actually right which oh, okay. is actually more offensive to me not that you're right but that that's what it is is that it's literally a train a choo-choo train of monsters okay okay <laughs> I don't, I'll be completely honest. I hit escape the first time I opened the game. I don't know if there is an opening cinematic. I have no idea what <laughs> the story of the game is. It's something like, like you're on a train to hell or something and angels are trying to stop. I don't know. It's, it, it's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> well, me, I mean, in most games for you, story is irrelevant yeah well yeah so <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing new there yeah the walker doesn't know the story of a game <laughs> well and like in a game like i mean like slay the spire i don't know what the story is and I, again i don't know if there is one maybe right. there is but they don't do it they don't like really go out of their way to be like hey this right. i need a navi i need a hey listen if you want me to know <laughs> hey. the story Right, and then I'll be like, "Oh hi, what would hey, you like to tell story. me?" Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't you just pound the escape key until it goes away? <laughs> God dang it, Navi! Stop talking. When we fight monsters, that's fair. I mean, I do find Navi adorable, but yeah, it would have um, to be exactly Navi. Correct. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Monster Train, though, despite its laughable aesthetic and silly name, um was yeah actually a really really fun kind of card battler and, and the reason i i am hesitant with card is because the way it actually looks though on the screen is there are there's the the train that you're riding on i guess like the the, the background is constantly moving as if you're you know traveling okay. <laughs> but that's kind of the the extent of the train um and so you're on the train and you pick basically like a hero card and then you get, I should back up. There are maybe four factions, I, th okay. I think four or five factions and each one has um, one hero that you start with and then a second one you can unlock. Okay. And they just have a unique mechanic for how they work kind of the, in the way that Slay the Spire works where there's just some something to them. Like every time you play X kind of card, they gain armor. Or right whatever the case may be um however when you play the hero card like it shows up as a minion so so instead of looking at a board of cards you're seeing this train like in a 2d screen like 2d horizontal view and and your your units actually populate like physically the okay. room right and so then they the show up kind of like a like a jrpg style almost or like, exactly yeah it's it's in the world now right which is how slay the spire looks also when you play cards in that it spawns the creatures to to hit each other now the animations are not excellent i mean it's just a you know it slides forward and slaps them or something right um but anyway and so when you play your hero card like it just becomes a unit but it it can die and you don't lose per se okay. when that happens. So it's not, it's not like in hearthstone where like your hero that you are, is right, you are hero. The, the hero with health. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So instead the, the, the field that you're playing on is th this train and it's three tiers high. And then the four. And, and so on the, and then the fourth tier, I guess four tiers, the fourth tier is a special room that has like the generator of the train and so the monsters are trying to destroy ah, that generator. Okay. So you're trying to prevent them from getting to it. And then if they get to it, they hopefully they don't kill it. So are they like, are they spawning at the bottom? Is there like, and how, I guess I have, I have so many questions. Yeah, please. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. I'm just trying to kind of grasp the, cause I, I have not played this one. I've not even seen it. Mm -hmm. So you are do you i guess the first question is are you deck building outside of the game or are you starting with like certain cards kind of pre-gen is there a mix and match you you start so each each race has a pre-built deck i believe you can go in and edit the deck if you want um i actually never really got into to messing with that because it's 
it's RNG roguelite, so you're also unlocking cards as you play. So I think okay. there is an ability to manipulate this what you start with, but I didn't I didn't a understand the quote unquote meta, nor did I want to well enough to try and make those tweaks. So I was right. like, it's fine. I'll just play with what they give me. Um, but yeah. Um, so then are, are you spawning? So you, you start with like a hero and I guess you probably always spawn them in first, or are you, do you have like a hand of cards? Are you spawning in more creatures to populate these rooms to like set up your defenses? Yeah. So you're, you're spawning. You, yeah. It's, it's like a, like a hearthstone or probably kind of, you know, to some extent solitaire in, in so much as that each round uh, or each turn you draw cards, you have it just in similar to Hearthstone's play the spire. You've got a mana pool. You can only play cards until your mana pool is exhausted. Typically you have more hand cards in your hand than you could play in a single turn. Right. After the turn, they go to a discard pile once you're through all of the cards, the discard Kyle becomes the draw pile again, gotcha. that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, the hero card is always a card you start off with in your first hand. You arguably could not play it if you didn't choose to. Right. Um, typically, you do, I did because it builds power over time, so the okay. earlier you start it, the more right. powerful it would become. Um, but I have had it die early, and then now it's a tricky run because or a tricky hand, if you will, to beat. Um, cause so you, let's say you complete, uh, I don't even know what to call it. I was going to say, uh, is it like rounds where you have to it, fight off it, so many monsters and then you go to the next level or. Yeah. Like, so it's, it, it's basically like, yeah, like there's a, a, an enemy boss that then has its minions attacking you and you fight through multiple rounds. Eventually you fight the boss when you beat the boss. Now you can go to the next stage. But between stages, there's uh, a map that you travel on. So I guess that also ties in the train. You tr you travel on this map and you choose like you can go and just like Slay the Spire, like you can go to this location and you can upgrade these kinds of spells or you can go to this location and you could upgrade your monsters instead of your spells. Uh, OK, those kinds of things. So you're getting to or you could go to a shop where you can buy new cards or sell cards or whatever. Right. So yeah, between each round or between each enemy hero, <laughs> I guess right. you're making these kind of pit stops. And I think there's maybe four maps total that you ultimately traverse that maybe have five stops on them each. Okay, spitballing, right? Know, but something like that. So it's like it's it's more. I mean, I so I, I did pull up a couple images. It yeah definitely has a Hearthstone aesthetic for like the cards. Right, but then the monsters themselves definitely like a, a high quality like f old school Final Fantasy kind of setup. I, I that's it's is it looks good. It looks like yeah. a game. Um, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> so are you to to win a match? Do you just have to defeat all of the monsters, or are you dealing damage to, like you said, an enemy boss? Like how does that? How do you win a match? Yeah. So the so the the creatures will spawn in. So each and it, we'll call it an enemy hero. We'll call that a match. Right. So okay. you're going to fight the Lord of Hell or I don't know, something. And so then he spawns multiple rounds of enemies. So he'll spawn a round of enemies and you play cards. And if they all spawn in typically on the first level, if they survive that round, mm -hmm. whatever survive moves to the second. Level. Ah. Now, when you play your own creatures, you can play them on any floor. Okay. So you could stack everything on the first floor, but if something survives and gets to the second and you haven't played anything there, now they just get a free turn, basically. Right, where they just get to move up for free. Right, now they move up to the third floor. If they survive that, they move to the generator room. The generator, basically, like, once they get to that room, you can't play any creatures up there. So what happens if they get to that room is they will then take their turn and attack, and then the generator auto-attacks back. Okay. And so this is the way that basically it plays out is like you you do your moves, then they do their moves. You can actually hit fast forward to speed up right. the amount of animations. Time. Right, right, exactly. Um, so if something makes it to the generator, you're kind of just hoping that the generator's auto attack is more will kill it before they can kill the generator. Right. Which with small enemies is definitely the case. With bosses, it, you know, that's kind of the math of the game to some extent right. that's what you're figuring out as you as you play will did i do enough damage to it that the generator can kill it 
or whatever. Um, and that's one of the stops like on the over map that you can make is like restore health to your generator. Right. Oh, so the health yeah. is permanent. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Nope. That's interesting. Because because this is the roguelite element of it. If your generator dies, the run is over. Right. And you're starting back at square one. Gotcha. So so that's the 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 yeah the roguelite element of it is in this the singular the way you die I guess right. the failure condition. Um. So yeah, so it'll go through multiple rounds of enemies, and eventually the boss will spawn, and then you're you're having to fight the boss. So the way the boss works though is it will it'll fight on your first tier. And then if you don't kill it, it eliminates everything on that first tier. Well, I mean, it's the last thing, so nothing's coming after it. It is, but there are cards in some places that will allow you to move units from Mm. a tier to another. Okay. So prior to the boss rounds, that could be a strategy you would implement is like shifting things around. around, Yeah. Right. Right. Um, But yeah, uh, for, for as silly as it looked and as much as I was like, I, I can't believe I care. I honestly, I was doing it because Crabtree had a lot of hours in it from what right. I'd seen him playing. And I was like, I guess I'll try it. Cause he likes these kinds of things. And so do I. And if he's played it that much, maybe there's something to it. Yeah, totally correct. He was, he was, he was spot on. It's a very, a very deep uh, strategic and kind of tactical experience. It's a, a good time. I was really impressed by it. I mean, that's, that's the same. I mean, it, it seems like we've both had a game where, it is not something that we would probably normally buy. Cause I would agree. Like I looking at monster train, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I mean, it looks good, but it also looks very derivative. Yes. And there's so many games that look like that, that are not good games. They just are kind of cash grabs or asset flips or whatever. Uh, that just, so that sometimes can be something that turns me off on like, I'm probably not going to pick this up sort of thing because there's a good risk of it being just another thing on the pile, you know, like not really being innovative, not having good mechanics or just being sure it can. A lot of games can have flashy art that are just cash grabs. So, yeah, but it, it actually. It, it looks I mean, it does. It looks like something that I probably wouldn't pick it up. But hearing you talk about it now, I'm like, well, I kind of this sounds interesting. Like it, it's solitaire is the same thing. We're like. Oh, nice. Nice. So Xbox Game Pass then? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's so, how I have yeah, it. Like, and, and Solitaire Code. That was the same thing. It was like, I'm not, I'm probably going to play this game once and uninstall. And then I played it and I was like, oh, I like this. Like, this is, this has way more strategy. I'm sitting there th- contemplating, do I spend my meager gold on getting the item that ups my defense stat or do I get the item? Do I want to replace a spell or do I save my gold? Cause you can, you could just save your gold for the next match. You could also hold an item. It costs like 10 gold to hold an item. And the cheapest item is usually like 20, but it guarantees that it shows up in the match next round. So like I may not be able to afford this spell, but I really want it. And I want to make sure that I can get it if I beat this next round. So it's like, do I play that or do I want to reroll everything? Or there's so many little touches that that make the decisions interesting yeah no 100 percent agree um and it's yeah i i don't know i the the, the roguelite is it's it, it, it's there's a balance still to it though like i've been saying i mean so i think part of the appeal for me for monster train which honestly could be less appealing for maybe some gamers um Slay the Spire and Monster Train have a lot of similar DNA. Okay. The differences, and there are probably more than I would list, but some of the key differences that jump to me are aesthetically, Monster Train is way sillier than Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire tries to be very dark. It's almost like like what if Dark Souls was a card game instead or something, you know, like obtuse and weird and and I guess it's dark, but estranged monsters but not yeah. dark in the like gore and craziness sense just kind of a little macabre more like yeah more lovecraftian uh-huh. than, than like friday the 13th or something right um 
Monster Train is not that. The music of it is terrible. I had to mute it very quickly because it's same just with like... Solitaire. I mean, it's not. I don't think it was bad, but it's repetitive. There's like one. There's a title screen track and a battle track, and that's about it. <laughs> Monster Train just kind of has some '90s energy. Now the music is not from the '90s, but just like that vibe. The fact that it's called Monster Train and the fact mm-hmm. that it, you're on a train and it's just like, okay, all right. Like, <laughs> Whoa, slow down there, guy. Radical, you know. Um, but. But anyway, I think, though, one of the things that so there's me knocking it a bit, I guess, or, or, or being silly with it. But one thing that I really liked about it, actually, that Slay the Spire, if I wouldn't have given enough time, I wouldn't have gotten past this is Monster Train is I maybe accessible is the right word. But my first run, I think I got to like maybe the last map or oh, second wow. to last map. Now, I don't always get to the last right. boss or anything. I've died on plenty of runs in that game. But like Slay the Spire, I mean, I didn't even make it halfway through the first map the first time. Mm-hmm. And getting to the first boss felt like an achievement. And then when right. I finally beat the first boss, it was like, wow, I can't believe I figured that out. Like, So my point, though, is, is not really even about these two games specifically as much as that I will also say when it comes to the roguelite insertion into gaming... I like it when it's not super, super brutal. Like when your first run is like five minutes and that that's like, oh, well, maybe I'm not going to like this game versus your first run being feeling like you've you can make significant progress just right mm, out the gate. Right. Like like Rogue Legacy is an example of a game that I think actually starts with you feeling like, yeah, I can go. But past a point, like Rogue Legacy becomes very, very punishing. And the roguelite yeah. element of it feels like it. that's an example of something that made me think, oh, I guess I don't like roguelite. And it's like, right. no, I just don't like it being used to basically force get me stuck. Right. And maybe I'm just a bad gamer. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> um, it is a hard game. <laughs> it is. But for but, as yeah. cute as it is, it should it should look a lot more like. <laughs> like dead cells or dark souls or something for as punishing as it is. It should not be this cute. (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But yeah. So with monster train, I appreciated that. Like I felt like I was able to explore it more. And that's why I say maybe accessibility is the right word. Cause it's not that it's easy. And there, even if you beat it, there are then multiple mechanics to up the difficulty as you do subsequent runs and, and more things to unlock and whatever. So it's, it's not like it's a one shot thing anyway, but um, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate, again, for lack of a better word, a level of accessibility built into the roguelite whenever right. it's really, really punishing. Eh. Well, and that's, I, that's, I think what I love so much about Solitarica is that while it is not a strictly solitaire game, it has enough of that DNA that once I played through like my second round, basically the tutorial, I started to get it. But then it adds stuff on top of it that changes so much about how because there can be some really there's some really rough monster abilities that at first you don't think are going to be that bad. Like there's like uh, like a mirror image or a copy that the monster will do that changes the two cards. It'll target a card and change the two cards next to it to be that number. Well, if you have six sevens on your row, you're not going to, cause the whole goal is to clear out as, as quickly and efficiently as you can. You've got to get wild cards or spells that destroy cards or something because you're not matching six sevens in one turn. You're just not. And, and, but then there's other, there's other times that feel so great when you set up a chain with your abilities where you match four or five cards in a row and then use an ability that gives you a wild card that allows you to match another five cards in a row and you get like gold bonus for the longer your chains are and so sometimes you can i've gotten like 18 to 20 card long chains by just because you get your your ability points stack up and then you use an ability so you get a wild card match another five or six cards now you have more ability points you can destroy a card and then match four or five more and then maybe reshuffle everything on the board. And so you feel really accomplished when you get those things to, to kick off. And, and, but then there have been just as many times where I die three or four monsters in because I just couldn't get the cards set up the way I wanted them to, you know? And 
I don't know. It, it, like you said, it's very accessible. Like jumping in, like, oh, I get it. It's solitaire. Boom, 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 boom. And then something comes up where the enemy starts mirroring cards and you're like, how do I deal with this? What do I, what do, and so you do have those moments of difficulty. Yeah. Well, I think that there's, I mean, you know, it's a cliche of the like easy to pick up, difficult to master kind of thing, but I think there's a lot of, there's, there's a significant amount of value in that. Um, games that offer you, that allow you to feel like you get it a little bit, at least when you start, mm -hmm and then can stair step you up i mean i think a game like games like mobas or rts games largely i think they struggle a lot in that because they are not easy to even be at a bottom level of proficiency at right like, you have to really like you know we talked recently about rocket league rocket league is the skill ceiling in that game might be beyond any other game I've seen. I don't know. Right. But I don't, I don't know if there is a, a, a maximum level of skill that you can obtain because there's, there's so many possible things that you could learn to do. But when you start and you suck and you would never, you, you didn't even, you don't even understand how you jump in the air to hit a ball mm -hmm. while flying. Like that's out of your conception entirely. Just driving around on the, on the ground and hitting the ball you can score goals, right? And if you play with you know either bots or either or other low low level players, you still feel like you're participating, even though the truth is is that it, you know from the higher levels, <laughs> many would argue that you're not really playing Rocket right. League, but as the player you feel like it. But in something like StarCraft or or League of Legends, if I don't know what I'm doing at a low level, even if the pros would say it's bad, it feels bad to me as the gamer too. You know, see what I'm right. saying? Like, yeah, because there's so much going on. You can that tell that, you know, there's just clicking on a single unit in Starcraft and seeing <laughs> six or eight buttons on the right side. Right. And like, I'm going to like move, stop, hold position, attack, attack, move. God forbid you click the SCB and they have build menus. Like, what are all the how do they all do? How does this all work? Like jumping into that, even in the story where all you get is like, scv barracks and marines that's all you can do there's still so much to know yeah. just on that like the amount of things you have to know how to do clicking movements drag select grouping camera positions harvesting building moving attacking hold position patrol like that's so much to know and you can't have really less than that i mean yeah it's it's difficult to do yeah, I think things that I like in roguelites are I think I like it when they introduce basically what they what, what they seem to do is introduce complexity through the rogue mechanics. And what I mean by that is like, yeah, like so maybe you start out in one of these card games with like simpler decks that don't have a lot of the more advanced plays that you could make. Mm -hmm. But you don't know that when you're new, so you're not missing them. Right. And then as you play, you unlock things like that. And now you have context to understand, oh, that's a cool move. Whereas if you were given that to begin with, it just goes over your head and now you're not looking for it. You see what I'm saying? Right. So I, I do have a question in Monster Train. What is the resetting like? So is there much unlocking outside of runs that you're doing to make your next run better? Yeah, you're unlocking you're unlocking. Um, new items that become available um like equipment type stuff or whatever okay. and and then i believe spells as well are new spells get unlocked as you complete runs um and then he and then the heroes like i said for each faction there's at least an additional hero you unlock right. so so that's the thing as well but but just like slay the spire like and, and this is why the roguelite is so brilliant in this space is that outside of just unlocking something new, there's also just a chance that you're seeing new things because it's there's so much RNG and what could be possibly pulled right. in. Right. That's cool. Know? That's cool. Um I think that but yeah, I think I think games that do that. And then I think another thing that's that's really awesome in roguelites is allowing there to be, and it should be rare, but allowing there to be builds that you could get that are just game breakingly powerful. Oh yes. <laughs> Because there's going to be builds in roguelites that you can get where it's a zero win condition. Like, oh, you picked those cards together. They don't combo. You can't win. Right. 
will let me also once in a while stumble into the combo that's like, wow, the game has been humiliated by you because yeah. of how powerful this combo is. I, sounds I, like Solitaire. Yeah, Solitaire has so you could tell by my facial expressions. Yeah, I, I was getting there. There, there are there's some cool spell combos where like spell and item combos where I stacked starting the game with armor. So I, I would start with like six armor. Well, then I had a spell for the 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 monk that like is like aggressive stance. It turns all of your armor, so it dumps all of your armor to zero, and for each armor, it gives you an agility point. And then I had a, two, like two agility spells that were there was another defense spell that like changed all my willpower to agility or changed all my willpower to armor. And then items that would allow me to start with willpower. So I'd start the match, dump my willpower into armor, dump all of that armor into agility. And then I had a couple of agility spells that gave me like wild cards and I think allowed me to reshuffle all of the columns, like create seven columns, even if there were only three by reshuffling all the cards that are out there. So in one turn, that's how I could get like 20 matches is by just dumping everything into agility, getting a wild card, matching as much as I can, getting another wild card, matching what I can, reshuffle everything, match. And then by that point, there I had a couple of spells that would like, ch again, change all my willpower because I didn't have any willpower spells, change willpower back into armor, dump armor back into agility, and then redo that. So I could, there were a couple of monsters that had like six or seven columns with five or eight cards in them that I could beat in a couple of turns uh, just because I could keep cycling these three or four abilities back and forth and get these ridiculous chains off. Right. So it just made me, but then there are just as many times where you don't get that spell combo in the shop and you've got all attack spells in a defense deck and there's not a lot you can do with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, it just, it just, I don't know. It, 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 I think that when games do that, it, it allows you to kind of run the gamut of the experience of gaming from a mastery perspective where you can start and it's accessible enough that you feel like you get it. Obviously, you know, you're not great at it but you're able to, to play right and then allowing you to also have the experience of like feeling like you just broke the game because mm -hmm. it was so powerful but then again you're not now locked into that because now your character's max level and it will forever be one punch man right, right. it'll Instead. eventually die. that character still didn't beat the game well and even if it does yeah then, you're gonna do a new run and now exactly. it's not that combo i think so. that i think also in the accessibility is being able to see those combos because yeah. like in in like sake of magic the gathering or even a hearthstone there's the reason that there's a meta is because it's not always obvious that these three cards in this order against this matchup right. is is the power combination like you can look at you can look at a a professional tournament magic deck and not see like you may get at the basis, like I kind of get where this is going, but you don't necessarily always see the like, oh, this card, then this card, then this card. You may first see the one or two, but you don't see the game breakedness of it until you see it in action. Whereas in something like a Solitarica or maybe a Monster Train, it just lets you, it makes it a little more obvious because there are so much fewer options that when you get those options, you're like, oh, I get it. I'm starting the game with eight armor every match. I have a wild card that costs five. And if I turn all my armor into agility, I get to cast that. And if I match two more cards, I get to cast it twice, you know? Right. Yeah. No, hundred percent, hundred percent agree. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm very interested to see how this trend continues on, but I think it's probably here to stay and something I think it, it does. And it's funny. It, this is so outside of gaming for just a moment, but <laughs> I, I think it, I think it ties. So I, I think unequivocally, and I promise I'm not taking a side and we're not going down this road. I promise unequivocally. I think it can be agreed that in certainly in the world, but I definitely United States, there is an information problem, right? right. Where, and again, I'm not, not going into any rabbit yeah. holes at all, but there, there, there's an information problem um, where, where people don't honestly know how to really judge quality sources of information because there's mm -hmm. so many 
and there's not really anything that's perfect. Like no matter what source you like, they probably at some point in another have made a mistake. So now how do you trust anything perfectly? And right. it creates a lot of issues. I don't know what the solution to that is, but I have, and I, I promise this lands. I have, I have faith that, that there's some innovation that will come. Right. I don't know what it is. I really don't. I don't know what that innovation is, but there is some innovation that's not something that we're doing today that we will apply and we will figure out how to, to better navigate this. So we shuffle all the companies together and start a new game by dealing them all out. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so in gaming, a problem that you and I, and this is where it, it loosely ties in gaming, a problem that you and I have talked about that's, that's even honestly hard to define is like, the internet ruins games and it's like, well, that that's the weirdest and most untenable statement because the internet makes games and the internet connects games and we're on a podcast because of the internet right. <laughs> and games. But like, because of the meta, because of the min maxing, like it, mm -hmm. if you want to play a game, you have to be really careful to not ever look anything up or you're going to see how to beat every part of it. Or right. if you get stuck on a part and you want to look up quickly, how do I get past this one part? You've got to really focus on having digital blinders to not see to all of the other. Further. Yeah, don't right. go any further than that. And it's and it, it on the one hand, it it does it ruins a lot of things. It's the reason that games like Hearthstone just get boiled down to a really basic meta very fast. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of games, I mean, a, a lot of games suffer from this. All the MOBAs suffer from this. Right. It's just these really rigid metas that have been determined by calculators. And the roguelite is the answer to that. Mm -hmm. It solves so much of that. Now, roguelite in competitive gaming isn't isn't everywhere, but it's actually basically come to dominate shooters. Yeah. That's what Battle Royale is, is roguelite mm -hmm. applied to first-person shooters multiplayer. Yeah, you start new every time, then the board... You don't know what gear you're going to get. You don't get. know where it's going to be. Yeah, you might know what positions on the map are advantageous, but you don't get to start there. Right. And you don't know who else is going to start there. Mm -hmm. And you don't. You might know what guns are best, but you might not get that loadout this time. And yep. there, there's all these things that shake it up. And so that even if it's most likely that the best players win, there's still a chance, a better chance than in traditional FPSs right. that a lower-end player can break either in. wins or is at least competitive. Yeah. Um, whereas if you go play CSGO and you're new, you get wrecked every single time. And that's just it. <laughs> because there's just a defined way to play. There's not. There's no innovation anymore. It's right. just here are the angles, here are the ways you do it, who executes that mechanically the best. Right. Um, and I think the roguelite, yeah, I think it really serves to, to shake it up. Um, so, so what yeah. we need is we need Call of Duty, but you have to pick your generation each time where sometimes you may be deaf or colorblind. <laughs> Rogue Legacy. <laughs> yeah. Rogue Legacy Call of Duty. Right. But yeah, I don't know. So I'm I'm interested to see how it keeps going, but I think it's uh I think it's a, a, a I think it's solving problems that I don't think it was created to solve, right? right. I don't Yeah, no, so. I agree. I agree. And I think that that's I think that is a really cool way that 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 DNA has gotten into a lot of other types of games where it's not even necessarily a like I said Solitaire, it's hard to say that it's a roguelite or even cuz it it has a little bit of that in there, but it's not the same as so many others and for it to be applied to something like uh a more of a puzzle game really than an adventure yeah. game or anything else it's it's just trying to figure out how to how to maximize what cards you have but it seeing that and seeing that grow into other genres i think and changing what it is to be a rogue game because it was roguelike and then roguelite and now it's just it's it's more just is there an element of randomness and replayability yeah well and it's funny you know because we look at these card games and 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 that's because the way that the, the items of the game are, are doled out is via a card now in solitaire kids more specifically literally <laughs> traditional right. playing playing card premise but like monster train really isn't a card game i mean it is but it's not like magic or hearthstone where the cards are the playing element right, right? um but but it's funny because really like in Call of Duty, you know, in Call of Duty Warzone or in 
PUBG or Fortnite or whatever, you go into the room and you open the chest and the guns pop out and you pick it. But that's just a different aesthetic for cards. Those are just cards. Yeah. yeah <laughs> did you find the AK-47 card or the M-19 card? And then which one did you pick? And like, it's it's all just that same thing. It just looks a little different. It's a shame that we can't limit pro players headshot ability to a spell that they have to have mana for. Would... <laughs> <laughs> then called, maybe I could win more. <laughs> that's called tab targeting in MMOs where oh, <laughs> there is no aiming. <laughs> There's just selecting and clicking. Um but yeah, man, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited with with Monster Train, and I, yeah, I, I, I hope Solitaire comes out maybe on Xbox PC Pass or yeah, something so awesome. I can check it out. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to look too. out Monster Train now too because that's that's something that I can get now. So right for sure. So that's all for our episode today. If you like this episode, consider buying us a coffee over at ko-fi.com slash puispod, or just tell a friend about us because that really makes a difference. All the links to our social accounts are available in the show notes. And if you want to hear more from either of us outside of gaming, Walker's podcast, The Walk Show, talks about the walk of life while interviewing various guests. And my podcast, Dungeons and Dinners, is where the love of fantasy is food for thought. Mm -hmm.